one of my coaches, you know, in high school had a, had a name for like there, there's injured mm-hmm. and then there's hurt. Yep. You know, like and it's different. I told you know, my kid those hurdy hurdies. I told yeah, my you kid that hurdy hurdies. Shake them off. I told my kid that once. He actually had a broken collar, but it turned out to be a broken collar one. But I made <laughs> well, him get back out there. That's not a hurdy. That's <laughs> that's injured, man. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 712 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So Saturday the vote was 9 to 8 against, and Wednesday the vote was 11 to 6 for. What happened? So was it reinvestigating the matter was it compromise or was it bullying i guess it depends on who you ask in a surprising bout face the uw regents approved a deal wednesday evening with republican lawmakers to limit diversity positions at the system's two dozen campuses in exchange for money to cover staff raises and some construction projects now they originally on saturday voted against it said nope nine eight out but then there was some conversation, there was some threats, if you will, posted online by some Republican leaders, and then they voted again yesterday. Threats about confirmation. So Republican like- Chris Kavanaugh, yeah, he's the president of the state Senate. He had posted saying, hey, you know, if, if you're going to go against this, then maybe we don't confirm you, because the state Senate needs to confirm some regents. And one of those regents that uh, he was just talking about was Amy Blumenfield Bogus. She voted against it. Last night, voted for it. After further discussions with stakeholders, many stakeholders from every campus, I have decided to support this resolution. (laughs) All right. Well, and maybe the threat played a role. I I don't know. Uh, Governor Evers unhappy about that, saying that uh, basically these votings uh, have left him disappointed, frustrated. He's accusing Robin Voss and others of negotiating by bullying, saying the entire affair was motivated by his disdain for public education. Well, and, and this is where you get into the nuance of it. Is it bullying or is it the legislature leveraging the full extent of its power to do the things that they believe are you know, the future of the UW system? And they do have constitutional oversight of that, that yeah. system. UW President Jay Rothman. I think it is critical if we are going to lead and if we are going to govern that we need to be able to make compromises with the legislature that controls a lot of our funding. And we will continue to do that. So the vote yesterday, by the way, was 11 to 6. So it wasn't like one person flipped. Uh, Several regions flipped after a couple of days of looking into the matter and probably fielding a few phone calls. And remember, UW Chancellor Manukin was involved in the negotiations as well. And if she's on board telling this group, this is the best deal we think we can get. And clearly she's in support of all the DEI stuff. Sure, sure. Could that have carried more weight when she was able to have conversations with some of the regions? This is the best deal we're going to get, unless you want the stalemate. And that's what compromise is. Nobody gets everything they want. And I I respect those who voted and saying, there is no compromise on this issue for me. Okay, there's your vote. And regents will tell you that, hey, it's not over yet. What we do versus what we say uh, is more important. And actions will speak louder uh, than words. And we know that we as a board, all of us, can influence how we move forward. And I'm confident that we will. So they will continue to look and find ways to do some diversity work on campuses. Well, right. If anyone thinks this is the end of DEI on UW campuses, like that's clearly not what's going to happen. They will find their ways to do those things which they think are important, and people can debate that one way or another. But it's not the end of DEI on UW campuses, but it is a way forward. 
for a lot of other things. 7.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. It was a good night to be a Bucks fan on Wednesday as Milwaukee continued their home win streak, thrashing the Indiana Pacers in a historic night at the Pfizer Forum. War gets the ball taken away by Beasley, feeds it ahead. Giannis, here comes the exclamation, flushes it through. How about a clean 64 for the great freak? The freakish flyer takes off again. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as the Bucks beat the Pacers by a final of 140-126 for their 17th win of the season. Does Chick-fil-A have maybe a 64-piece nugget deal? We might find out after Giannis set a career high. 64 minis, please. <laughs> Just 64, not 65. Not 65. We might find not out 63. after Giannis set a career high and franchise record with 64 points against the Pacers on Wednesday. But it was not all sunshine and rainbows following the Bucks' 140-126 to 126 win. After a game which had already featured multiple technicals and a Bobby Portis ejection, the game ball went missing. Pacer head coach Rick Carlisle explaining what happened. It was Oscar Shibwe's first official NBA point. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. After a brief fracas outside the locker room, a ball was given to Giannis, though the Greek freak has doubts about its authenticity. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. So he got a ball. He didn't think that's the actual ball? Mm Mm-mm. He said, like, I played... He said, you know, I played 35 minutes. Players have a weird feel for it, and he says it just, it it felt like a newer ball, so... You should have had the ball. Not one that's used. It's our gym. It's our ball. The Pacers did the I'm taking the ball and I'm going home. They yeah. literally <laughs> did that. They literally did After that. losing by 14, the two teams will reconvene on Our New gym, Year's. our ball. <laughs> two teams will reconvene on New Year's Day at Pfizer Forum. And lastly, the Wisconsin Badgers women volleyball team is in Tampa today with a chance to head back to the national championship. According to setter MJ Hamill, this Badgers team, despite a big game, are doing their best at keeping things in perspective. All year in our gym, we always talk about appreciating the moment, being in the moment, practicing mindfulness. And, you know, I think our even our atmosphere at home in Madison is really cool. And so there's, even during matches, you know, like that kind of balance between appreciating just how, like, rare it is that you get to compete with your best friends every day um, and then just, you know, going one game at a time. The Badgers will match up with Texas tonight in the Final Four set for 8.30. Winner advancing to the national championship on Sunday. And if you're curious how you can watch it, it will be on ESPN tonight. 8.30, man. Central? Yeah. (laughs) It's rough for us. (laughs) 7.20 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wisconsin boosting public education spending by more than $1 billion in the budget approved this summer. And Governor Tony Evers through line item veto allowing school districts to raise per pupil spending camps by more than $300 per year every year moving forward. School districts across the state are still struggling with their finances. Some talking about, or in the case that we had in Kenosha Unified this week, voting to close schools. Others planning to go to referendum to ask taxpayers for millions more for operating expenses. What happened? Two weeks ago, I reached agreement with Republican leaders on major provisions of a shared revenue compromise, key portions of which I'm signing into law today. That will mean not only historic increases in support for our local communities, 
but historic investments in our kids and our schools across Wisconsin. So both sides of the aisle are touting this, quote, historic investment in education. So how are we at this point? And your district, if they're not already talking about it, maybe you just haven't heard or maybe they'll be talking about it soon. But I have some new insight to share this morning. I've been hearing about this from school board members, from people with ties to education since the summer of there is this looming fiscal cliff here for a lot of districts. And I asked the same question. How can that be? Didn't we just pass this boatload of extra money for school districts? So I'm on the booster club at my kid's school. We're in Greendale. Oh, okay. Okay. A very important job, Eric. Do you, do you wear your your Greendale stuff when you go to the I do, booster actually. club meeting? <laughs> <laughs> so we had a meeting last okay. night, and part of the meeting last night, they brought in the director of business services for the district. And this isn't going to be about my school district, but I'm just going to tell you where I got this information. Our school board is going to referendum in spring. And the question they're going to ask is, can we exceed the revenue caps by $2.5 million each year over the next five years? Modest by comparison to what I expect to see in many districts across the state. But this is coming to the fore. Now, we're only a community of, what, 14,000. We're not a large school district. MPS has 70,000 students. They have five times as many students as we have people in our village. So the math is going to work out differently depending on what your school district shapes up like. But here's what you're going to hear from your school officials, that for more than a decade, those spending caps, the amount that school districts are allowed to raise taxes on an annual basis, have not kept up with inflation, and that that's been the case for more than a decade. So, for example, take your personal finances. Okay, Say you spend $10,000 a year on groceries, and now we've had inflation. And so this year, your grocery bill is going to be $10,800. But say you didn't get a raise at work that year. How do you make up that gap of the $800? And there are ways to do that. Maybe you get a higher deductible health plan, or maybe you play a little less golf, don't go on a vacation, whatever. But you have that gap. And what school districts are saying is they've been dealing with gaps like that for the better part of a decade. So even before the recent inflation hike. Exactly. So what you're going to be hearing is that they've been filling that gap for years in your community in one way or another, and now they're slammed with major inflation and this backlog of years where their income is not kept up with inflation, and they're out of options other than to begin considering these drastic measures, the closing schools, the cutting staff, things like that, the cutting programs. Despite the shared revenue stuff? So that's interesting. Despite this increase, what they're saying, at least in my district, was that would have needed to have been somewhere in the neighborhood of three times what was approved in order for them to just on that make up that gap without having to go to referendum. And people can debate, again, in your community, whether or not you have a responsible spending district. Not all districts are created equally. I think we've been pretty fiscally responsible where I live. They haven't come to us for this type of ask. Think in the time that I've lived there. So, you know, they've been dipping into reserve funds. They had Mm -hmm. a rainy day fund. They've been dipping into that fund to plug that gap where I live. Maybe that's the case where you live. Maybe it's not. But either way, there is a fiscal cliff in education in Wisconsin. Many school districts this spring are peering over it, and they're going to be asking you, the voters, what do you want to do about that? Well, it's December in the NFL, so everybody's hurt, but maybe the Packers more than some others. Brandon Snyder looks ahead to the Buccaneers at 745. All right. If you are an early riser... That means you're a Neanderthal. That's right. (laughs) Okay, I'll own that. Researchers at UC San Francisco have linked our sleeping habits to bits of DNA inherited from our extinct Neanderthal cousins. (laughs) Yes, so Neanderthals, they believe... 
differed from other earlier ancestors and cousins and whatnot, and they actually were on the move more for several different reasons. They got up earlier. They had a different like body the, clock. The family truckster. We've got to get up early. We've got places <laughs> to go. go. Let's go. go. Come on, come on, come on. So they're the ones getting up at 5 a.m. even on the weekends. <laughs> we pulling out of the drive by 6. Let's oh, go. You Neanderthal, go back to bed. <laughs> and that's what they believe. That the 2% of the present-day genome is derived from Neanderthal genetic variants. It is interesting, though, how you share that gene to some extent. Like, I was always the first one up at the birthday party. Really? At the sleepover. Oh. I'm there having cereal with the parents at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know that Vince is such a nice boy. <laughs> right. Either that or what's with this kid? Like, go back go, to go bed. Go back to bed. But like I just I couldn't sleep anymore because hmm. I couldn't stay up late. And my son's the same way. It's interesting. Like he's put himself to bed early. When, when ki- and ki- what kid puts themselves to bed, right? right? But he was one of those kids. Well, what about like no matter how late you stay up? See, that I, I have friends who they'll be up past midnight, still up at 5 a.m. Right. the next day. No Can't matter what. Yeah. yeah, a little okay, bit. Okay, they're Neanderthals. Okay, fine. Oh, well. <laughs> am I supposed to feel bad about yes, that? Yes. I am. <laughs> News is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at 10, right here on WTMJ. Hey, what's going on in the parking lot out here, or the parking structure? Can I tell you what I saw yesterday? Please. So there's been work undergoing in our parking ramp here outside the avenue. And first of all, like, it's nice to have a place to park, okay? So whatever. But there, it's been this, like, sort of, when you go to work every day, you're, like, in a routine, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have the spot that you always park in or you go in the door that you always go in. Like, there's that sort of security of, like, things are the same. That okay, sounds I'm like Vince to routine. me. Right, yes. <laughs> Nothing has ever been the same day to day in this parking <laughs> ramp that we pull into First thing that happened after we got here a few months later, they changed the whole traffic pattern. Like yeah. the in became the out and the this became the that. And you're like, what's happening here? That took an adjustment for everybody, but we figured that out. And now they've been doing fixes and repairs, which I think is good. But <laughs> but like every day there's some sort of new pattern. Sometimes there are fences up. They they've got like taken buckets. At least 50, 60 uh, spots out of the out of the right. equation here too. And they're trying to they're trying to accommodate because people live here as well. This is residential, some mm-hmm. of, some of the avenue space. And so anytime somebody like leaves a spot, somebody's putting a bucket there so they don't reoccupy that spot because that's oh. where they're going to work next. So the, yeah, they're tr- because that's why they're doing that, right? It's either a yeah. bucket or a, a sawhorse thing or whatever. We weren't supposed to move those, <laughs> right? See, <laughs> oh. well, then you start to wonder like, is this like an official bucket yeah. or is this just somebody? You know, saving a spot for themselves. Right. It's a brilliant move. Like they do in Chicago with the lawn chairs. Right. <laughs> We're going to see lawn chairs next. So I got there yesterday, and the construction crew, because they've created sort of this new traffic pattern, is spray painting on plywood directions of where to go. And there's two guys in hard hats. Well, they don't want to stand there and point, so. Right. I guess you could have a guy in there. The whole it's like time. a labyrinth. Right it's here. kind of fun. <laughs> it is. So, so every day something new when you arrive to work. 743, Brandon Snide's got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Bucks sent a strong message to the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday night. After knocking out the Bucks in the NBA's in-season tournament, Milwaukee responded in a historic night at Pfizer Forum outpacing Indiana to a 140-126 to win. Giannis going the other way with a head full of steam. He lays it in. 
Giannis has 61 points now. He has crossed into uncharted territory. New waters here in this Milwaukee Bucks franchise. As- Dave Kane on the call here as the Bucks go on to improve to 17 and 7 on the season. Does Chick-fil-A maybe have a 64-piece nugget deal? We might find out after Giannis set a career high and franchise record with 64 points against the Pacers on Wednesday. But it was not all sunshine and rainbows following the Bucks' 140-126 win. After a game which had already featured multiple technicals and a Bobby Portis ejection, the game ball went missing. Pacer head coach Rick Carlisle explaining what happened. It was Oscar Shibwe's first official NBA point. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. After a brief fracas outside the locker room, a ball was given to Giannis, though the Greek freak has doubts about its authenticity. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. Things will only get more interesting as those two teams will reconvene on New Year's Day at Pfizer Forum. The Wisconsin Badgers volleyball team is in Tampa Bay today with a chance to head back to the national championship. Izzy Ashburn, one of the team's defensive specialists, talking about balancing a once-in-a-lifetime trip but also understanding the importance of such a big game. I think our team handles this really well, actually. We acknowledge that we want to take everything in and enjoy the experience and understand how grateful we are for getting to make this trip here and experience the Final Four with this specific group. And uh, yeah, we don't shy away from talking about that and taking it all in and looking up at the crowd. But at the same time, we do understand it's a business trip and we're ready to play our best ball yet. The Badgers will match up with Texas tonight in the Final Four at 8.30. You can tune into ESPN to check that out, winner will advance to the national championship on Sunday afternoon. And lastly, over to the NFL, where the 6-7 and seven Packers are prepping for their Week 15 matchup in Green Bay against the first-place Buccaneers. Despite an up-and-down game from quarterback Jordan Love, the first-year starter talked about the chance to get back out there and prove it again this week. You know, I think it's just another opportunity. Uh, we get to take it, try and go put our, our best foot forward on Sunday. But just learn from this last game. Obviously, it wasn't our best. It wasn't my best. But just things to learn from, move on, and, and grow and, and build this week. Good opportunity for the pack this week, but they could be a bit shorthanded. Well, Vinny, if I asked you, how many <laughs> players do you think are on the injured list? Half a As dozen. of practice, six. Half a dozen, you said? Yeah. Short. Fourteen. <laughs> Jeez. 14 total players. Well, now are not, some of these guys on the list with a hangnail yeah. and like, you know, probably going to play? Cause, but yeah. they Knee, put them on ankle, list. shoulder, yeah. hamstring. Jair Alexander didn't practice. A.J. Dillon not practicing. Christian Watson not practicing. And one of my coaches, you know, in high school had a, had a name for like, there, there's injured mm-hmm. and then there's hurt. Yep. You know, like, and it's different. I always call that. those hurdy hurdies. I told yeah, my you kid got that. Your hurdy hurdies, shake them off. I told my kid that once. He actually had a broken collar, but it turned out that'd be a broken collar one. But I made <laughs> well, him get back out there. That's not a hurdy. That's, <laughs> that's injured, man. That's Ortho, Wisconsin. I said, shake it off. You're fine. It was <laughs> no, broken. It was not. Thanks, Dad. Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea man. The good teams find ways to win a game like that. And Green Bay still trying to figure that piece of it out. Innovative. He did not look like himself. He looked indecisive. But what I love again about it, he didn't let all of that affect him the rest of the game. That's a great thing to see in a young player. And Packers Hall of Famer. Ooh, Tausch making us feel better this morning. Yeah, I like that. Appreciate it, Tausch. Yeah, I, I always try, guys. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tausch here on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and by Kohler Services. So Tausch, Giannis has a historic night, dropped 64 points, new personal record for him, and he wants the game ball. 
and he doesn't think he got it. He thinks the Pacers walked off with the actual game ball. Scandal. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, the NBA never ceases to amaze me. It is the most petty, childish. Like they are. Uh, <laughs> you, this is the stuff that happens, like playing kickball yeah. in fifth grade. Like, that, that's what this is, and it's kind of fun. So I, I think, yeah, obviously the Pacers beat us uh, out in Vegas. This is Halliburton's a Wisconsin guy. I think this is going to be a fun little rivalry, and I, I don't quite understand if Rick Carlisle, like I heard his presser afterwards, like if he was just trolling. But Giannis knows, and I think from a Bucks fan standpoint, this is great. Giannis being irritated, I think is great. <laughs> yep, yep. Giannis being mean mug and being really like blank off Indiana, I love it. I think it is great for all of us that think the regular season is way too mundane and coasty, and we're, we're just not we're going to coast through it. No, 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 no. This adds spice. I guarantee. I would have never <laughs> known that the next game was January one against the Pacers until I saw this because now. I'm perked up. I'm sure you guys are. I guarantee that the Milwaukee Bucks are and that the Indiana Panthers are. I think it is actually great for the overall thing because we all love drama. And you know who else loves drama? NBA players. So I think it's great. What are the rules on when you can take something home? Like In this case, the argument, or at least the yeah. supposed argument, was that a Pacers rookie scored his first basket so they wanted the ball. So does the rookie get precedent over Giannis's 64? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> In what world does the first time... Like, if Giannis... Let's say Giannis's brother was playing and he got his first basket. Giannis could give him the ball. The world ain't fair. The NBA certainly is not fair. There is a hierarchy to everything in life. And if you set a franchise record and you are the greatest player in the history of the franchise and you want the ball on your home court, guess who gets the ball? Giannis. And for the Indiana Pacers to think that they're some rookie that gets his first hoop, they get to come in to serve and take the ball? I, I thought it was childish and hilarious last night that they're sprinting down alleyways yeah. and people are fighting <laughs> and guys are taking it on. And Giannis is as mad as he is. That's why Giannis is great because this stuff irritates. He he has a chip on his shoulder the size of you a monster boulder, and. I love it. I don't want him to ever change, and when he does change, that's the kind of stuff Kobe would be irritated about. I love everything about what we just saw last night, but to answer your question, come on, man. Who do you think? And, and two, if there's some dispute, which I agree with you in the terms of the hierarchy, right? Rookie, you defer to Giannis. Sure. And just, you know what else, too? Maybe say to Yanni, hey, man, I appreciate you. You're a legend. You're a ball. How about a jersey, man? Can I get a Ooh. can I get a signed jersey for my? Can yeah. we parlay that into? Because I don't know who this rook is, but he's probably not going to be a Giannis. <laughs> so maybe well, get your hands on a you little. You know sign. what's irritating? What else is irritating? And I saw this little video. I don't know who was taking it of the Pacers players basically saying, "Don't give it to him. Don't do it. We're keeping the ball." That's the stuff that would really get me. You know what? That's irritating because. There should be – like, that never happens to LeBron James. Everybody will just – 
Whatever LeBron wants, give it to him. That never and if for whatever reason, it's not the case with Giannis. And I think Giannis that that's probably why it irritates him. Can you imagine somebody else doing that and all their players saying, Don't give it to LeBron? No, they no. wouldn't. With that's Giannis the whole Pacers team doing that, I'll tell you what, it's going to be fun January 1. Because <laughs> every Bucks player should be looking at that, and it should get them. It should get their blood boiling, too. Yeah, let's make it about Milwaukee. Oh, is this a Milwaukee thing? Is that it? Disrespect. It, yeah, and not to get lost in the shuffle, Bobby Portis was ejected from that game as well. Mm-hmm. Saucy. Chippy as well. <laughs> No, it's I, I, there is something I don't know what it is. Giannis has been a great player. He does not get the same amount of respect as certain all stars, superstar like no, mega right. stars. And last night was a. If you don't believe me, just go look at that footage of Turner and some of these other Pacers. It is pretty good. A slap to Giannis's face, and I can't wait to see how he reacts. All right, this is an all call to the media. Let's do what we do best. <laughs> Fan those flames. Stir that, <laughs> stir that pot. Yeah. Serve yes, it up, indeed. Tausch.